One of the big trends in podcasting at the moment is true crime. This podcast is about true crime. On the 8th of August 1963, just after three o'clock in the morning, a train was held up. There was a robbery. £2.3 million was stolen, which is about equivalent to £30 million today. The Great Train Robbery was one of the great robberies of the last century. There was quite a gang, and one of them was Tommy Wisby. Now, Tommy had a daughter, Marilyn, because she grew up with her dad in jail, and then for ten years she lived with a man called Mad Frankie Fraser. She tells all of this in a book, and I spoke to her when Gangster's Mole was first published. Gangster's Mole, I asked her, uh, was that your idea of a good title? No, um, the publishers decided to call it Gangster's Mole. What do you think? Well, uh, as you know, the gangsters, of the shelves are always full of gangsters' books, so I, I should imagine it's a good... Um, prominent name for... But, but as a description of the woman you are, how do you feel about it? Well, I couldn't very well get them to call it Banker's Mole, could I? Because <laughs> <laughs> the book starts, really, um, your life as a kid changes when your dad is involved in, I suppose some would still say, it's one of the major crimes of the century, wasn't it? The Great Train Robbery. Yes. Um... If you remember the little girl that you were, how did that change your life? And did you get better pocket money for a while? Yes, we did, for a long, long while. Unfortunately, unfortunately, my dad, when he came out, he didn't have no money left. So, and I think that's what happened with all the great train robbers. Um, I can remember one when the first time I saw his picture in the newspaper, I'd gone to get some sweets, and I thought, what's his, you know, photo doing the a uh, picture doing in the uh, newspaper, went running to me mum, and I said, what's Daddy's photo doing in the picture? She said, oh, don't look at that, he's joined the army. And that was the last time, you know, I'd see him a couple of weeks beforehand. Twelve and a half years later, he was released from doing um, that big sentence from the great train robbery, 30 years. But you... You went to see him, and you said one of the, the awful things about being a kid with a dad in jail is that you'd go to, you'd go to the jail where you <coughs> thought he was and turn up and he's not there anymore. Yes, that's right. That used to happen quite a lot um, all through the uh, sentence. I, I, I can remember seeing, having a visit when, I first, when he first went away with a, a glass pane. And it was just seeing him through this glass pane and then uh, two pr prison officers each side in a small... That was a cell. I couldn't touch him, nothing like that. I mean, they was treated really badly, considering when you think it was just money and not um, killing somebody. At the end of the book, and in fact in two or three places in the book, you say, look, guys, if you think you're going into a life of crime, best not if you've got a family. It's best not. So were you, is part of you, having written this, sort of angry with him for putting you in the position of being a, a girl with a dad in jail? Not angry, it's just the, the truth of... Um, I've, I think I've wrote a full, honest account of my life and and I have said in the book, if... I mean, I'm not advocating crime, there'll always be criminals, 
there'll always be criminals. But if, if one reads that book and they decide to take that road into crime, I suggest to them in the book that they no way should have families because it's not fair, it's embarrassing, it's degrading for the wife and children to go up to that weekly visit or monthly visit if they're in top security. It's not, it's not a very nice thing for kids to Embarrassing. Now, I mean, you were, at, for a while, you were at a school with um, some kids from very different backgrounds, weren't you? From backgrounds all over. Yeah. I mean, even some of those, I've now found out they was daughters and sons of faces, you know, from the past. But you use that word embarrassment. How often has your dad uh, been an embarrassment, what he did? It was like getting, you know, his name mentioned in the papers. You know, we was going to school and we'd have social studies and the teacher say, today's news, and it'd be train robbers, train robbers uh, go on hunger strike. And then she'd realise her mistake and then flick through and say, oh, we'll go to the centre page news. And all the ch children in the school, in the class, used to look round at me and, like, giggle. But we, we got used to that, me and my sister. You do, you do an analysis of, if you're into crime, that actually the pay isn't that good. If you, if you think um, how, how long the money that, you, that the train robbers got, how long it had to last, uh, and it didn't seem that much. No, it... It's sort of 300 quid a month or something. That's right. I mean, that's just a... Um... I know a hypothetical figure yeah. I put on it on all sort of crimes that um, criminals that I've met and watched them come in and go out of prison weighing everything up when they as I said when they've had that money and put it across a year of not working it just works out to that amount of money so and then they've got the then they've got the um, aggravation of going being put in prison. Um, but they never think they're going to get caught, presumably. No, they never... That's the one thing they, they don't think. But on the other hand, if, if it is a crime of the century, if it is a big crime and they can get away with it, then, then that's the bonus. Do you have... Uh, I've talked to men who've been in jail who've done violent things and you talk to them about what's right and what's wrong do you have a strong feeling in your heart about what's right and what's wrong yes what's wrong what's wrong is um, well what I would say um, it, look in my book I would say that you, it's better to get an education and get your own business and work hard then all the um, aggravation of going to court, going into prison, and the heartache it does call. What calls? If you thought your son was doing something dodgy, what would you say? Well, I wouldn't know he was doing anything dodgy. You know, he, he knows my um, beliefs in that. If you know that, I mean, you can't be watching your children twenty-four-seven a day. And as I've said to him before, he knows I don't have to tell him because of the life that I've had with his father, my dad. 
Because you, you, you're born into a family. None of us can do anything about the family we're born into. You're, you're born the daughter of a man who mm. is in jail. But when you can make your own choices about the men you mix with, you tend to choose the same sorts of guys. No, I've, I've been out with um, taxi drivers, builders, carpenters, and when but they found out who my dad is, who I'm connected to, that frightens them off. I'm not saying all of them, but it, it, it has left a, you know, a, a sort of a nasty thing in their brain. They seem to get this idea that I'm a gangster's daughter for some reason, although my dad was a, a robber, and there is a difference. Yeah. But you've known some of the, the high-profile criminals, haven't you? Yeah, all of them, yeah. All of them, yeah. And plus I met the, a, the government figure that I thought, well, this is my chance to get away from criminals from London, and I moved to America, then met up with a very, very nice man, a very intelligent man you know, who was in government. Then I found out afterwards he was a corrupted ex-chief of police in Mexico City. In exile, he was uh, wanted with the president of uh, Mexico. So there, there you go again. There I thought I met a, a normal, intelligent man, and he was, which was a government figure, and it turned out he was a corrupted ex-chief ex of police. He was a wrong one as well. At the end of the book, you say, well, why do women hang around with these sorts of men? And you say, well, it's not boring. It is exciting. Yes, it is exciting. It's you get taken out to nice places and that. But if you had two men, one of whom got his money straight and one of whom got his money criminally, and they're equally attractive and equal amounts of money, which one would you rather be with? Are you asking me that at an age of 20, 26 or 47? Don't mind, because <laughs> you change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, us women, have, we have got that right. We, we do tend to change our minds a lot. Yeah. But you think that you as a young girl would have been attracted by the glamour of the criminal? Yes, yeah. Do you think you've grown out of it? Yes. You've done some... I mean, some of the things in here, details of things you've, you've done, was it painful to remember them? Was it painful to yes, write them? Yes, it was. Them? Yes, it was. Yeah. I had to, you know, stop writing for a little while because it unturned a lot of bad things that happened to me. I got into situations that was my own fault, na naivety coming to it. Um, I was, I'm lucky to be sitting here having a cup of coffee, really. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> what, what was the... What for you is the worst memory? What's the dodgiest time, the, the time when you felt most vulnerable? I think when I was in America and I, I met that guy, oh, I want to call him a monster, he's a monster really. You know, I took him at face value and he nearly killed me. And I was there fighting for my life in a house down in like a canyon. And I had to protect myself the best way I could. And I, th I haven't even had it analysed that situation, but I think I'd done the right thing there. It was terrible to be nearly killed and I had to fight for my life and my dad wasn't there. There was no people around that I could just, you know, shout out, come get me. I was there fighting for my life. And that was the worst situation. But the, the worst one was losing my sister in a, in a car accident whilst my dad was 
in prison. And uh, Mara Hindley, not, you know, she was allowed out for one day, and yet my father wasn't allowed out for the funeral, which was terrible, really. On the cover of your book, it goes from the great train robbery to Mad Frankie Fraser. Now, Frankie's got a bit of a reputation. Uh, um, I've never met him. Oh, he's, he's a nice man. He's very articulate, intelligent. Man. But he's done some terrible things, hasn't he? Well, when you say terrible, what, what are you talking about? The torture trial? Violent. Well, the, to the torture trial I'm talking about was um, fabricated by the media and the police. Uh, that wasn't true about the electric pliers. No, um, a lot of it was media... Um, newspaper talk, but and you know he done it against. If he'd done anything bad, it was against his own people. It wouldn't be against you know Mr. and Mrs. Joe Public, and I can understand that ethic, that that code that they have, you know, amongst them. So, how would you say that we ought to view Frankie? Well, you've you've you, you have everyone has their opinion, but. Everyone, I've I, I've lived with him for ten years, and to me he's a perfect gentleman. Never raised a hand to me, and he's been a very very stand up guy. Does he love you? Does he love me? Yeah. Well, we're no longer together. We've, we're still friends, and I do his um, emails and that. I think he still loves me. How do you feel about him? I still respect and care about him. What would you like the effect of your book to be, Marilyn? The effect? I'd like readers to read it and say, well, that could easily happen to me, you know, and they can make their opinion up by reading it. But hopefully I can change their, their way of thinking because there is a lot to be said that it comes across in the media that gangsters and... Um, you see the old James Cagney film, it looks glamorous, which I used to watch and used to think that it was glamorous to see all the girls dress. And it, but in real life, it's not as glamorous as it's made. There is some bad situations a girl can get herself into by being connected and are surrounded by criminals. Some bad situations. Gangsters Mall. In parts, it's almost unbelievable. It's the life story of Marilyn Wisby. Marilyn, thanks very much Thank indeed. Thank you.